Hey there, this is Brian Zond, and welcome to my sermon podcast. I'm glad that you're interested in the sermons that I preach here at Word of Life Church in St. Joseph, Missouri. And if you ever feel inclined to help us by supporting us financially, you can do that at our website, wolc.com. Thank you. This is now the 15th season for Finding God in the Music, and today is track three, and the artist... The artist, the drummer's gone, I can't get a drum roll. The artist is Dave Matthews Band. Now, I I know there are Dave Matthews Band haters for some reason. Don't be that way. Don't be that person. It it makes you look dumb. They're a great band, one of the great live jam bands in the world. Um, And this, this this is their fifth appearance in finding God in music. Over 15 years, this is their, their, their last appearance was five years ago with Samurai Cop, Oh Joy Begin. Um, you, understand, you understand, finding God in the music is not democratic and it's not egalitarian. I'm just, I'm just bringing in the music I like that catches my ear. So you have, you have repeat guests. And this is the fifth appearance. That means... They only lag behind Bob Dylan with six. You knew, you know, there's going to be plenty of Dylan. And you uh, too with seven. Because let's just be honest. You could preach a sermon with every single U2 song there's ever been. They can't help themselves. And um, so I think Dave Matthews appears so frequently in this summer series because he so often makes allusions to God and spirituality, which is a bit strange in that he claims to be an agnostic. I'm not sure I actually believe him. (laughs) God bless you, Dave, if you're, if you're watching, (laughs) I I just, I'm not sure that he is. I mean, I think what he does do is he struggles with doubt. Well, so do I. I mean, we all do. That's, that's just part of it. Um, He was, he was, he was raised in South Africa in a Quaker church, which is one of the peace, one of the peace churches. They're, they're pacifists. And he left South Africa to avoid uh, military service. So he has a Christian background, but then he went through some tragedies, the death of his father at a relatively young age and some other things. And sometimes, you know, the problem of pain can cause us to question, well, I'm not here to analyze, you know, Dave Matthews' spiritual opinions or religious ideas necessarily, but he seems to think about God a lot. And this theme comes up regularly in his music. And so um, that's, that's how that goes. Just a little bit more on Dave Matthews' band. They formed in Virginia, that's where they're from, in 1991. Um, they, they came along at the height of the CD era. They've sold 40 million CDs, so they're not insignificant. Although, how do you measure things anymore? I mean, how many, how many CDs were sold this year? Like seven? I mean, <laughs> it's either vinyl or stream it. But uh, like I said, they're a great, a great, great live band. I saw them. I saw them at Sandstone. I have no idea what Sandstone is called these days. I just call it Sandstone. I don't know what it actually, you know, is it, you know, First Bank, General Motors, Music Park. I don't know what it is. It's Sandstone. And... Uh, it's the hottest show I was at. It was like 105, literally. I mean, it really was 105. And uh, 
They took, I remember they took an unscheduled intermission. Um, and everybody says, yeah, I know. Please don't die on stage. I know it's hot. Take a break. And uh, it was a great show. Anyway, uh, they released their, t- their 11th, their 11th, I'm going to look at my notes here. No, their 10th studio album uh, back in May, Walk Around the Moon. And the song I've chosen from Walk Around the Moon album is track 11, Monsters. Monsters. I wasn't going to do this. But Perry, Perry, Perry brought it. It's your fault, Perry. Years ago, many years ago, 35 years, maybe more ago sitting around the house, had a TV preacher on. That's how long, how long ago it was. I watched TV preachers back then. It's been a long time since I went. Anyway, we won't go down that road. There's a TV preacher and he's, he's preaching and he gets dramatic and at one point he says, uh, and then the devil will be revealed as the monster that he is. My five-year-old son perks up and goes, monsters? How come you never preach on monsters? Okay, 35 years later, I'm preaching on monsters. Okay, that's, that's the, the song is called Monsters. Uh, we cannot stream it to you. You know about that. We get the stream shut down if we do that. So go to wolc.com slash music videos. It's there for you. What I'm going to show you is the official Dave Matthews Band. Uh, it's kind of a visualizer video release that is a simple way to present the song. So anyway, without further ado, Dave Matthews Band, Monsters.
Thank you, Dave Matthews Band. That's a nice little song. So obviously there's a particular line or two that caught my attention the first time I heard this. Here, here's some of the lyrics that caught my attention. Yeah, no army's going to save my soul because love won't let me go. What's true? No army's going to save your soul. Um, the psalmist said it like this. Some trust in horses, some trust in chariots, but we will trust in the name of the Lord our God because love won't let me go. Nothing in the closet, nothing underneath the bed, just the monsters in your head. Do you have any monsters in your closet or under your bed when you were a kid? Anybody? Oh, I did too. I did. Uh, I did not have monsters under my bed. I did not, but I had them in my closet. And, um, but fortunately, if the closet door was shut all the way, they could not get out. And I could sleep peacefully. But this became a nightly ritual. So, you know, mom and dad put me in bed. They'd pray for me. And then I'd say, close the closet door all the way. I always say all the way. They couldn't just like, it's like it's, close it. And then, then you're good. So, you know, for a lot of us in childhood, we had monsters under the bed or in the closet. And as you become an adult, do the monsters cease to exist? No, the monsters do not cease to exist. They just migrate out of the closet, crawl out from under the bed and try to get in your head. That's, that's the reality of it. See the killer's eyes and painted faces. The devil wants your soul, but Jesus saves. Traffic jam is an angry maze. The devil wants your soul, but Jesus saves. I heard he, like he's singing that without irony. And I thought, well, I don't know. You try to tell me you're an agnostic. Okay. But if you don't want to show up in finding God in the music, you can't have lines like that. Because <laughs> it's true. See killer's eyes and painted faces. The devil wants your soul, but Jesus saves. Traffic jam is an anger maze. The devil wants your soul, but Jesus saves. Love. I wish I could sing. Love, Love won't let you go. Love won't let you go. Neither angels nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, neither life, nor death, nor monsters shall be able to separate us from the love of God, 
which we have in Christ Jesus our Lord. So this is a song where there's a monster inside your head and the devil wants your soul, but Jesus saves. And it's a song where hope is found in a love that won't let you go. Well, that's, a, that's a pretty good song. So why don't I just preach a sermon on, let's see, monsters, devils, Jesus, and a love that never ends. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. And um, there just happens to be a story in the Gospels about a monster and devils and Jesus and a love that won't let you go. Mark chapter 5, verse 1. Then they came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gerasenes. And when Jesus had stepped out of the boat, immediately a man with an unclean spirit came out of the tombs to meet him. This man lived among the tombs and no one could restrain him anymore, not even with a chain. Night and day he was always among the tombs and in the mountains, howling and cutting himself with stones. But when he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and bowed down before him and he shouted at the top of his voice, what have you to do with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? I beg you by God, do not torment me. This story occurs on the shores of the Sea of Galilee. But it's on the other side, the other side. See, when you're hearing about Jesus walking the shores of the Sea of Galilee, it's always that northwest part up there with Capernaum, Bethsaida, Magdala, because that's the Jewish part. That's on the west side. On the east side, the other side, that's, that's Gentile country. That's, that's the far country. See, to be far doesn't have to be uh, geographically far. It could be just religiously and culturally far away. So th this, is, this is the far country of the parable of the prodigal son. He doesn't have to go to India. He just has to go to the other side of the lake where it's Gentile. How we know that? Because he ends up with the pigs. Both this story and the parable of the prodigal son involve swine. It's the far country. It's the other side. It's, it's where you don't go if you're a, if you're a good Torah observant Jew. Because you know, who knows what you're going to... There are pigs over there. This is, this is the ultimate of non-kosher. So it's, it's, just, it's just best. Just stay away from it. There's no good is going to come of going over there. Just, you, this is our side. Don't go to that side. Just stay over here. So you might imagine the surprise of the disciples when one day Jesus said, let's go over to the other side. I'm sure they thought this is not a good idea. We have no business over there. The other side. Maybe Peter spoke up because he probably did. That's the way he is. He said, Jesus, I thought, I thought you said you were sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. We heard that in our gospel reading today. I thought you were only sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Yeah, well, let's go over there anyway. They were hesitant. They didn't want to go. They didn't think it was a good idea. But, you know, Jesus is going to Jesus. <laughs> and he says, nope, we're getting in the boat and we're going over to the other side. 
Well, Jesus had to go over to the other side because there was a monster over there. And Jesus has to go and face the monster. Not to kill the monster, but to save the monster. Jesus has to go save the monster. Of course, the monster wasn't really a monster. The monster was a man. But a man who was becoming monstrous because of the monsters in his head. Demons. That's what the text says. Entities of a spiritual nature that are malevolent toward human well-being. I don't want to try to spend a lot of time trying to figure out exactly what demons are and how that functions in the nature of the demonic. I will say this. We have this expression. People will use it uh, sometimes in sympathy or just as an observance upon the human condition. They'll say, we all have our demons. We all have our demons. And I think there's a lot of truth in that. I mean, we all have some kinds of impulses that are self-destructive, harmful to ourselves and perhaps those around us. I think most of us all have that propensity towards something that is harmful. In today's gospel, we heard about a, a girl who was severely tormented by a demon whom Jesus healed. We know about Mary Magdalene. She had seven demons. This is a very famous story. Um, This propensity toward destructive thoughts and behavior. Most people, most people, most of the time, keep these malevolent spiritual impulses at bay. They keep the devil down in the hole, as we say. And part of that comes about through just healthy spiritual formation. Just, just being properly formed spiritually keeps these malevolent propensities uh, from overtaking us. And this is, this is, you know, this is what prayer school is about. As I say, the primary purpose of prayer is not to get God to do what we think God ought to do, but to be properly formed. That's what, that's what prayer is about. So proper formation keeps us spiritually healthy. Um, but sometimes people are overcome. And often, often it is those who have suffered severe physical or psychological trauma. It's not limited to that, but, but often as you hear their, their story, as you learn their biography, people that have really been overcome by some sort of malevolent propensity, they have a history of a, of a great wound, physically perhaps or psychologically, a great wound that, that becomes, as it were, infected. And begins to distort who they really are. Uh, well, these things happen. Now, this man, this man over on the Gentile side, the other side, the far side, over there in the land of the Gerasenes, um, he'd begin to identify as Legion. That's not his name, but that's who he begins to, that's what he calls himself. Jesus asks him, what is your name? Legion, for we are many. Legion is the largest Roman military unit, about like, like 6,000 soldiers. But I don't think, I think there's more going on here. That his identity becomes legion. 
I don't think it's just a, like, like a metaphor for a lot, for many, but it's a Roman legion. Remember, this is an occupied land. These are people under foreign military domination. And it makes me wonder, I don't know, but it makes me wonder, had this man, perhaps as a child, suffered from Roman military occupation? You know, though, that can be a, a cruel experience to go through in any setting. And maybe he, maybe he saw some atrocities committed by Roman soldiers upon his people. Maybe he directly suffered them. I just want, I don't know, of course we don't know, but I wonder if somehow the trauma that begins to overtake him and make him monstrous was rooted in some sort of horrible thing that happened at the hands of Roman soldiers. I do wonder. Well, this man had something that began to overtake him and he went from bad to worse. He could no longer restrain his destructive behavior and neither could the community. They tried to restrain him. They were unable. And so he reaches the point where he's all alone, naked, living in the tombs, howling at the moon and cutting himself with stones. This is a lost soul, my friends. All alone, naked, living in the tombs, howling at the moon, cutting himself with stones. And that's why Jesus says, let's go over to the other side. Of course, disciples know nothing of this. And so uh, let's go over to the other side. They're not excited about it, but Jesus is, you know, in charge. So they get in the boat. They make the cross. It's not very long. They make the short crossing to the other sea. It's a far country, though, culturally, religiously. It's unclean over there. They make, the, they make the crossing. They go across to the other side. The boat is just arriving on the shore. Just, the boat is just up on the shore. And a naked man comes running out of the cemetery, screaming at the top of, their, of his lungs. Now, this part that I'm going to share with you is not in the text. This is extra biblical material. But I do believe... That at that moment, Peter said to Jesus, I told you this was a bad idea. I told you this was not a good idea. Didn't, did I not say that, Jesus? I said, nothing good over there. And now we got a naked man running out of the tomb screaming at us. Well, I, mean, I think that would be a bit unnerving. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you just put yourself in that situation. You're just, you know, you're boating. And then, ah, this, this man, he's cut, he's bleeding, he's got his hair all matted, and he's naked, and he's screaming, and he's running out of the tombs, and he's running at you. I would, I would feel a little bit, let's go with But Jesus, uh, he gets out of, Jesus gets out of the boat. He's like, I'd stay in the boat if I were you. He gets out of the boat. And he begins to move toward the man. The man comes running at him. Legion comes running at him, screaming, and falls at Jesus' feet. This is surprising. This is not what they thought, perhaps, that this man was about to attack Jesus, but he doesn't. He falls at Jesus' feet. And Jesus says, What is your name? He says, Legion. 
Wrong answer. Legion is what has happened. Legion is not who he is. Legion is what has happened, but it's not who he is. Your pain, your shame, your wound, your trauma, your sin, your addiction, your bondage, that's what's happened, but it's not who you are. It's not who you are. It's what's happened, but it's not who you are. Jesus tells the demons to leave the man. And then there's this back and forth, and it's confusing because when the man says, I know who you are, Jesus, Son of the Most High God, do not torment me. I mean, you're not sure who's talking here. Is it, is it the man? Is it the demons? Is it a confusion of both? Jesus has not come to torment this man, but he has come to set him free. And so there's this back and forth. And finally the demons say, well, send us into the pigs. And Jesus says, go. And they go into the pigs and the herd runs down the steep place into the sea and are drowned. Meanwhile, there are swine herds. They're up in the hills. They're watching all this happen. <laughs> They're thinking, whoa, did that just happen? Yeah, that happened. And so they go into town. Corsi is the nearby town. They go into Corsi. That's the town. And they say, you guys, you're never going to believe what happened. And they tell the story of what has just happened. Now we pick it up in the scripture. Then they went out to see, that is the townspeople, went out to see what had happened. And when they came to Jesus, they found the man from whom the demons had gone sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. The devil wants your soul, but Jesus saves. The devil wants your soul, but Jesus saves. Jesus raised legion from the dead as sure as Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. This man had lost everything. I mean, the last thing we saw of him, he is alone, naked in the tombs, howling at the moon, cutting himself with stones. And now he's clothed, relaxed, sitting with Jesus. He's been given his life back. He, he was raised from the dead every bit as much as Lazarus was raised from the dead. Hallelujah. This man, we, we will no longer call him Legion, uh, has been recalled to life. He's been given his life back. And this is what Jesus does. Jesus restores our humanity and gives us our life back. I've come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. I've not come to condemn the world. I've come to save the world, Jesus says. So when the monsters have left the closet and crawled out from under the bed and are trying to get into your head, do what this man did. Run to Jesus. Run to Jesus. Run to Jesus. And pray, and pray this simple prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God. It's the Jesus prayer. You know that prayer. Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray it. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me. And of course, 
Jesus will. The devil wants your soul, but Jesus saves. When the monsters are trying to get into your head, just, just pray. Just pray that Jesus pray. It's, you're, not, you're not begging Jesus. It isn't like, you know, Jesus, oh, if you just, okay, all right, here's a little mercy. No, every, every time, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, yes. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, yes. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, yes. All the promises of God are yes in Jesus Christ, and we utter the amen. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, yes. So it's like, it's like medicine to heal your soul. It's like, it's like you're hooked up to an IV, <laughs> IV drip. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, yes, drip. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, yes, drip. And you're just, you're, you're, in, in praying that prayer, you're not begging Jesus to do something he's not disposed to do. You are opening yourself up to what Jesus wants to give you, and that is mercy. Mer mercy is not merely the restraint of judgment. Mercy is it's, it's everything that Jesus has for you, his goodness, his grace, his salvation, his healing. It all comes in the form of mercy. Mercy. So when the monsters of childhood have left the closet, crawled out from under the bed, and they're trying to get in your head, run to Jesus. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me. Yes. Hallelujah. The devil wants your soul, but Jesus saves. Remember, Jesus will go all the way to the other side to find you. He'll go all the way. He say, I've gone too far away. Jesus will go to the other side. He'll go to the far country to find you because love won't let you go. Love won't let you go. And let's hear the end of the story. Jesus said to him, go home to your friends. He had friends, but he'd lost his friends. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's just hard to be friends with a guy that's living naked in the tombs, cutting himself, howling at the moon. You're not going to have him more to watch a Chiefs game. You know, it's just... <laughs> he had friends, but he'd lost everything. But now he can go back home to his friends. He can go home. He can go home to friends. Home, friends, to the most beautiful words. Home, friends. This is what Jesus You can go, go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you. And he went away and began to proclaim in the Decapolis. The Decapolis. That's that region. Okay. That's 10 cities. There was a kind of a coalition of federation of 10 towns. Decapolis, the largest of which, do you know which it is, Perry? The largest city in Decapolis, do you know? Oh, come on, Perry. Betchion. Ah, yeah, those of you that have maybe been on a Holy Land pilgrimage with us, remember Betchion? Remember Betchion? That's, that's the law. So I like to imagine, that was the largest of the 10 towns. I like to imagine that man coming into Betchion and says, uh, you know that theater? Can I borrow the theater? Because I have a story to tell. I, can, can I use your theater? Because I have a story that people would like to hear. And he went away and began to proclaim in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. And everybody was amazed. The devil wants your soul, but Jesus saves. Amen. Stand up with me. Stand up with me. Yeah, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord Jesus.
The devil wants your soul, but Jesus saves. Yeah. All right, we're going to uh, receive the mercy of Jesus in the form of the Holy Eucharist as he shares with us his life, giving us his own flesh and blood as life that we participate in, in the bread and the wine of communion. So we're going to prepare ourselves first by confessing our faith, and then we'll confess our sins together. Join with me in confessing our Christian faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Now join with me in confessing our sins. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry, and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. And God is gracious to all who confess their sins and in humility ask for mercy. In the name of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. And this is the table, not of the church, but of the Lord. It is made ready for those who love him and for those who want to love him more. So come, you who have much faith and you who have little. You who have been here often and you who have not been here long. You who have tried to follow and you who have failed, come. Because it is the Lord who invites you. It is his will that those who want him should meet him here. The body of Christ broken for you. The blood of Christ shed for you. Amen.